You're listening to KCBX News. I'm Benjamin Perper. This is the fifth of an eight-part series from KCBX News called In Between about queer and trans people of color in San Luis Obispo County. Over a decade ago, LGBTQ plus Americans couldn't serve freely in the military. The Defense of Marriage Act prohibited same-sex couples from being given the same treatment as heteronormative couples under federal law. It was a time when violence against queer Americans was not legally acknowledged as a hate crime by the U.S. government. But even now, many years later, discrimination in the workplace is still an issue that almost half of LGBTQ plus Americans face. In this episode of In Between, reporter Eric Gabriel dives into the issue of workplace harassment against queer people of color here in Slow County. The average American adult works eight hours per weekday, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's around a third of the day wrapped up with work. According to one UCLA Law School report, nearly one in 10 LGBTQ plus Americans have experienced discrimination in the workplace, with a whopping 46% of LGBTQ plus workers reporting incidents of unfair treatment at some time in their career because of their gender identity or sexual orientation. Rita Casaverde is the executive director of the Diversity Coalition San Luis Obispo County. The group's mission is to create and uphold a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive community through education and advocacy work. Casa Verde says discrimination in the workplace can take many forms. I think discrimination, especially to the LGBTQ community, is any time that you would make a person feel uncomfortable about showing up as they are. This happens with skin color. This happens with your sexuality, with the way that you dress, uh, with your gender, with your pronouns. And, and it goes beyond because it can become systemic. A 2021 journal article from Harvard and Princeton scholars describes systemic racism as, quote, the processes and outcomes of racial inequality and inequity in life opportunities and treatment. It is deeply rooted in institutional and social structures and even collective beliefs, habits, and behaviors that uphold the unjust treatment and oppression of marginalized communities, such as people of color and the LGBTQ community. Casa Verde says it can have harmful health and societal consequences. If those are practices that your, for example, company or organization is actually allowing at an organization level, then it should be unlawful. And I think there's so much more to learn from each organization on how we already do it without us realizing, without a lot of us realizing that we are discriminating against. Casa Verde has been doing advocacy work since she was living in Peru years ago. She feels a deep connection working alongside undocumented people in particular. She works with Slow County Undocumented Support, a nonprofit that helps immigrant families access financial support they're not eligible to receive from the government. Casa Verde says her work with Undocumented Support has shown her how being a part of multiple marginalized groups at once can lead to even more workplace prejudice. It's like, for example, being undocumented uh, or being an immigrant and being LGBTQ now, being a person of color, having a darker skin than most people. Each one of those is an identity that overlaps and creates more and more discrimination and it can make you feel more isolated. This feeling of isolation, especially in the workplace, can lead to many negative health outcomes. The American Psychological Association calls discrimination a public health issue that affects people's mental health and physical health. 
Ruby Belcazad is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the clinical director for Slow County's Council on Adolescent Mental Health. She's been in the mental health field for over a decade and has seen the negative effects discrimination in the workplace has had on the LGBTQ community. It affects not only their performance at work, but also in their personal lives, you know, challenging them themselves where questioning to the point like, should I even have come out of the closet in the first place? Do I even want to continue to go through transition? You know, so it does make an impact in their mental health. Dale Morinex is a transfer student at Cal Poly. She works as a waitress at a restaurant in downtown San Luis Obispo, where she sometimes feels out of place as a queer person of color. Unfortunately, racism is something that I do see. And I'm telling you, I think it's just I have that face. You know, I look indigenous. I'm brown. I have the color of my skin. Morinex says there was one instance when she was looking for housing and was called an illegal alien, though she was here on the DACA program and likes to refer to herself as documented. She isn't out at work, but she says her act of rebellion is taking up space in places she may not be wanted. Sometimes, like, even when I go partying, right, like, there's certain things that my white friends could get away with. But if we get caught up drinking or, you know, being somewhere we're not supposed to, I'm pretty much the one they're going to come, like, bother, you know, and that, that has happened. So um, I just, I find a lot of comfort in the fact that my existence in Slow and in Cal Poly, which is a dominantly white campus. Um, I feel like that's my form of revolution, you know, taking up space. Morinex worked at a well-known restaurant in downtown San Luis Obispo before her current position. She's an experienced waitress, but was surprised to be hired because they didn't seem to usually hire people of color. She says she soon found herself assigned to the back of the restaurant while less experienced hires waited tables. It took me a while to understand, like, well, why? Like, I'm experienced wait- waitress like I have plus eight years on me like why would you put this person who doesn't necessarily like have the experience but they look look the part right like you know blonde hair color like blue eyes you know like how do they get sent but I end up being the runner in the back right um so again microaggressions Mordenex says her experiences with microaggressions and racism at work have pushed her to check out mentally in the break room before the day begins but she says it's her co-workers' experiences that have shocked her the most, especially in an instance of an older woman she worked with who didn't speak much English. There was this dishwasher woman and she was like, I want to go on vacation, like on this. And I asked her, well, do you have sick days, like sick pay? And she's like, well, I didn't even know I got that. And I was like, no, girl, like, and this is all in Spanish, right? Because she doesn't have language. And I told her exactly how to do it, like requested like a month in advance say you want to use your sick days which I guess she had like a bunch because she's never yeah she's never taken it and I remember being my manager coming up to me and again not scolding me but just being like well did you tell her she could do that and I was like yeah yes because because that's the law and she can this unfair treatment is a nationwide problem especially as many states are passing anti-LGBTQ plus laws, like Tennessee's recent ban on public drag performances. And there are more than 450 bills being considered that target LGBTQ plus rights. However, there is some progress at the federal level, like President Biden's 2021 executive order protecting LGBTQ plus federal employees from discrimination and the Equality Act moving through Congress. Ruby Balcazar says she has seen instances with her own clients where their career growth has been affected by coming out, whether it's about their sexuality or gender identity. They can't go up the ladder anymore. Sometimes to the point that they have to, they feel like they have to quit. 
you know, obviously, you know, it's illegal and uh, to discriminate and get fired for that. Balcazar says being a company that embraces LGBTQ plus people takes more than simply not discriminating against them. It takes acknowledgement that diversity is important. Having diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI training, holding people accountable when they don't follow that training, and encouraging allies to speak up when they see an issue. These are all practices that both Balcazar and Morenex say would help foster a more inclusive workspace. And I think accountability and having somebody actually do something about the things that are being committed and and even then, that would be a step two, because step one would be like creating a brave space, right? Not like a safe space, because we always like, we need safe spaces, safe spaces. We need to create brave spaces, a space where somebody's going to say something that makes somebody uncomfortable, but we're still going to be like, all right, let's deconstruct that. Let's talk about it. And we're going to talk about it on next week's episode of In Between. We'll look at the need for safe and brave spaces in Slow County, particularly looking at how to create queer-friendly areas outside of the city of San Luis Obispo. We'll talk to people who are creating their own spaces and how the LGBTQ plus community is benefiting from this inclusivity. For KCBX News, I'm Eric Gabriel. In Between is made possible by a grant from the Community Foundation San Luis Obispo County.